Hello everyone, this is Tanika Drake and I am going to share a book with you that I've written called The Gift of Finding God's Love, Guilt and Shame Turned Into My Shine. Please check that book out either on Barnes & Noble or you can find it at Amazon or any place where you can get that book. Remember, it is not okay for anyone to hurt or harm you. Please check that book out and happy reading everyone. Thank you for tuning into the Walk in Truth Radio Network broadcast. Grab your Bible, get settled, and let's walk through the Word of God together. Let us now reason together and listen to see what God is saying to us today. study we want to welcome those who are listening around the world we pray that you hear something that will encourage you inspire you and let's just hear what the spirit of the lord is, is saying to us today let's open in prayer oh gracious heavenly father we just thank you today we thank you for the opportunity to study your word lord enlighten our minds and penetrate our hearts in jesus name i pray amen okay so so what we got going on here is uh we're still in luke and we're going to move kind of rapidly today uh, in Luke. So uh, Luke chapter 8, and we're going to eventually make it to 9. But I want you to see some things that are required. We just finished talking about the soils, the different kind of soils that represent the heart of man. The seed is the word of God, and you have the four kind of soils. Only one soil, that's, and this has to be prepared by God, that can receive the word. The soils cannot be prepared by man because man is so sinful. Everybody's like the first soil. Everybody's like the second soil. Everybody's like the third soil. But the heart, that the soil that's prepared by God, the heart that's prepared by God through His Word, can receive the things of God. And what breaks up the fallow ground of someone's heart is a conviction, and a conviction causes you to want to be committed to God and wanting to get saved. Okay, for your benefit, not for His. So He's provided a way. So He gave the parable, and He's going to talk in parables because He wants. His disciples now, his apostles, those who are actually committed to following him, he wants them to understand. But I want you to understand something as we go through this, as you're going to see several times. Just being close to Jesus and going through things with Jesus, just like us, you could be close to a great person uh, and, and never realize how great they are, okay? Uh, until they go, until something happens where they're removed, or until you hear other people talk about that person and you're like, I, I I didn't I didn't experience that per se, but I was there when he what y'all was looking at is great. I looked at it as every day, and that's why it's never good to get too familiar with anybody because you need to look for the greatness in everybody. Okay, you ne you you can't get so comfortable with them that you discard them. Okay, that's why they call familiarity breeds contempt because you get so used to them being there doing what they do. And you feel that you're entitled to it and you really don't respect it as much as you would as somebody else who gets it sparingly. Okay? So that's what we have going on. All right. All right. So we're going to start at Luke chapter 8. Frida, start at verse 19. Then his mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered them, 
My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. So now we, we have a, a switch. And a switch is God, Jesus is giving him a glimpse of the relationship between God, him, and his natural mother and father by blood. What he's telling us is, is that even though they're bloodline related to me, there's a higher relationship to have that's through obedience to God. So who is my mother and father? Who is my sister and brother? Those who obey God. And he's given them a glimpse to what the relationship is going to be post-cross. That is not based upon bloodline. It's based upon obedience to what he's given us through the cross. Okay? Acceptance of him. So he's just given us a glimpse. And I'm sure that took them aback. That he would say something like that because the Jewish relationship to family is so important. Bloodlines are important. And some of us, bloodlines are important. But when it comes to God, there's only one blood that's important. That's Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's the blood that unites all of us into, into where we need to be. Not the fleshly bloodline. Okay, Even though it was prophesied, he came through the nation of Israel. But Israel was not perfect. Israel was not special. He just chose Israel to come through the seed of Abraham and all that, the Davidic covenant. All those things were important in one way because it was prophesied. But as far as God is concerned, he's looking for those who are going to worship him in what? Spirit yes. and in truth. That means that you would obey him. Okay? Yeah. So now we have the the the, the paradigm or the, the posture of obedience to God being more important than who you're born to, what church you go to, all of that. What Leweda talked about on Sunday. It's important. Obedience is important. Okay? It, just because we're in the time of grace... Oh, there's a level, there's a, 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 a mystery in what obedience are we to have during the time of grace, okay? Because some of us can't process, well, what, we're not being obedient to the law, but you have to be obedient to the love. And that requires a higher standard than actual law does, okay? All right, go ahead. So we got the obedience, go ahead. One day, he got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they set out. And as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in danger. And they went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased, and there was a calm. He said to them, where is your faith? And they were afraid, and they marveled, saying to one another, Who then is this, that he commands even winds and water, and they obey him? Okay. So now we go from obedience to faith. Okay. He just set the tone for obedience. Now we have a narrative where they're in a storm. He's asleep, and it's other, in other Gospels too. And then all of a sudden, they run down to him in despair, we're going to perish. The waves are, are, are coming into the boat. Jesus is resting and Jesus rebukes the wind and the sea. And they, now th these are his disciples. Now think about up to this point. They didn't watch him do all these miracles. See, that's what I'm saying. You're right next to the man, but you don't need to know it. I was going to do a sermon called, he's God, stupid. <laughs> because that's the way I look at this 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 these comments like he's God, stupid. 
They don't, they don't recognize him, and, and after he has done, has done all these miracles, okay, they still don't see what they need to see, and we got it in a narrative to show us sometimes we not not see what we need to see. Again, being too close, you got to step back and see the complete picture circumspectly. The Bible tells us to look at things circumspectly. So this situation requires us and listen to his statement. Where is your faith? Now, if you think of that off the top of your head, it's more important that I know where your faith is at any given time and who you have faith in. So where is your faith? Not what is your faith, but where and who is your faith in? So if I asked you, just anybody, where is your faith? Where is your faith? In Jesus. Okay. And, and and what about your faith in Jesus? What about it? What do you have faith in in Jesus? What he says in his word. Okay. Anything else? That he died for your sins. And that one more, one more. He died. Okay. One more. He died for your sins. That's part of being the savior. What 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 was the other part of that? He died for your sins, and he what? He rose again. The key to to the saints' walk is truly. The resurrection. Where is our faith? Our faith is in the resurrection. Now it includes everything you said. But where is your faith placed? In the risen Savior. Because he's alive. Because he's alive. Without the resurrection, the death and the burial would be useless. Because there's many people who died through crucifixion. There's many people who got buried in that day. But they didn't rise again. <laughs> With a glorified body. Even the ones he brought back from death had to die again. Okay? Because they were not the resurrected body. So when somebody asks you, what do you believe in? You have to always say one thing. I believe in the resurrected Savior. That other stuff, you might not have the opportunity to believe in that. But you have to understand that that it's the resurrection to where you draw your strength and your power. If he didn't raise again, you wouldn't have any power. Mm -hmm. So we now we have obedience. Now we have a, a, a question of where our faith is. And we see that he has not authority over the wind and the sea, which is nature. Mm -hmm. So he has authority over nature. Let's, let's keep going. Go ahead. Then they sailed to the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. When Jesus had stepped out on land, there met him a man from the city who had demons. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he had not lived in the house but among the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Now this is a demon crying out at the recognition of Jesus, actually telling you who he is. Loud, verbally. Mm -hmm. Cried out. What do you have to do with us or me? Son of the Most High God. Now, remember, the disciples are hearing this too. Mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead. I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many a time it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles 
but he would break the bond, break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert, into the desert. Jesus then answered him, what is your name? And he said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. And they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. Now a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. So now what we see is he has the authority and the power to command demons to go where he tells them to go. Now check this out. The demon knows that they are, are going to what they call the abyss. That part of hell that is the tormental part, not the Abraham bosom part of the dead. So he's telling them, don't send me there where I'm appointed to go. This is not my time. To, this is not the appointed time, is it? Send us into the pigs. The fact that we're dealing with pigs tells you this man that is being, uh, that, that had the demons, what is he? A Gentile. A Gentile. He's not a Jew because Jews wouldn't be around pigs. Okay. Who owned the pigs? Yeah. The, the people, well, that's not important. He, okay. he, the, the fact that he's around pigs is means that he's not a Jew. He's okay. a Gentile. And then the fact that he went to Gerasene, which is a Jew, which is a Gentile town. You have to remember, Galilee was a Gentile town. Okay. okay. And Jews were in it. Okay. Jews, they got, always keeping back your mind, Jews, no, is, Jews are not in authority nowhere okay. in the Roman economy. Okay. They are under the, 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 the rule of the Gentiles. This is the, the, when the Bible talks about the time of the Gentiles, uh -huh. that's what they're going through. Okay, it's Jews. Okay, so Garrison is a Jewish, not a Jewish, a Gentile town. Okay, that they have to operate in. So he goes and does this. All right, he throws them into the pigs. Okay, obviously it was some kind of farmer because we're gonna see what happens next. All right, so they go to the, to the pigs and what happens? Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs. And the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and drowned. Okay, so then they rushed down to the lake and drowned. And then what happened? When the herdsmen saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and the country. Mm -hmm. Then people went out to see what had happened. So the, the fact that you know there's Gentiles because the herdsmen, whoever the herdsmen had to be, had to be Gentiles. They couldn't be Jews because Jews wouldn't have pigs. They had sheep. Okay. So the herdsmen had to be Gentiles. They had, to, they told them, they, they found out what happened. They went to the city to tell. Why did they tell on them? Why did they tell on them? Why weren't they happy? Because they, they just lost, lost their, money. their revenue. They lost their money. A whole herd of pigs. Not one or two or three, but a whole herd. They just lost their revenue. Okay? The what they had been participating in, growing, nurturing, to make them some money, to feed their families, they just lost it to this miracle of this man who's a who's demon possessed those demons being told to go into the pigs and the pigs ran into to to the ocean now just picture that all this is close proximity the man the pigs all of this is pro close proximity the herdsmen had to be there and his disciples are still there watching this so now we see that not only does he have authority and power over nature he has authority and power over demons okay now, I'm going to tell you something. If you have power without authority, you don't have anything. Mm. Okay, 
If you don't have, if you have power without authority, you don't have anything, because it's under the authority to which you operate your power. Okay. Let me give you for instance. You may get voted into office by the, the, the power of the people in their vote. But you don't have authority to exercise that office till you get sworn in. See, the power of the people puts you in position. But until they swear you in, you, you can make all the decrees you want. It don't make a difference because you're not sworn in yet. You are called president-elect, congressman-elect, even pastor-elect. Until you are sworn in, you don't have any power. I mean, you don't have any authority. I'm sorry. You don't have any authority. You've gained the power. So again, power without authority. And a lot of times with saints of God, you do have the power. But you lack the, the maturity to exercise the authority correctly. You've been given the power in Christ Jesus to do a whole bunch of things which are called your gifts. But your, your character has to catch up so the authority of what you're supposed to do can all work together to glorify God, not to glorify you. Every gift you have is not for you. It's for the body of Christ, period. So when you see preachers talking about you and your gift and you, and you, 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 I, 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 me, 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 that's not the word of God. Your hand is not the hand for the hand's sake. Your hand is your hand for the rest of your body's sake. It is the mechanism by which you grab things. So the eyes can't behold what the hand can't grab. I can't look at something closely if my hand can't reach out and grab it. Okay? I can't walk over and see something if my feet don't take me there. So my eyes can't say, well, I can handle it from here. I can get over there. How are you going to get over there if my feet don't take you? You have the power, but have to work with all the authority. We have to work together. Okay? So he's showing you have the power of the demons, the power of the wind, and the authority. All right? Who is this person? God. <clears throat> All right, go ahead. And they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Mm -hmm. And those who had seen it told them how the demon-possessed man had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. So in other words, we have two situations. The, the apostles and the disciples were afraid in the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the terror of the boat, of the wind and the sea. They're afraid upon the miracle of this man being sane. They didn't even rejoice that he was sane now, that he was in his right mind. And if you had to think, and I thought about it just now as I was thinking about it, if I had to pick the soil that these people that saw this miracle in particular, if I had to pick it, it would be the soil of the third thing where the weeds grew up and they were more so concerned with the cares of the world. Mm -hmm. They were more concerned about losing their, their money than they were in rejoicing in the fact that this man that they know has gotten delivered. Because they were caught up with the affairs of their world. And a lot of times, saints, when we see this, then we should understand that when people get caught up, they hear the word, uh, even Carolyn was talking about somebody, they hear the word, they tell you how much they blessed, but they're so caught up in the blessed, the, the so-called blessing that they're receiving, they forget the source to where their blessing came from. They forget the blesser. Yeah, they forget the blesser. Mm -hmm. 
And then we have to remind them, okay, you're you're actually giving a testimony of how you've been blessed, so-called, let's say, let's use this for coming to Bible study. You make a testimony out your mouth. And then you stop coming. Mm. So then you say, the reason why you stop coming, you so busy. You got other things to do. But didn't you just tell me how blessed you were for coming? How blessed you were for, me, for a person ministering you that wants you to participate where they get their power from, where they get they, their strength from, and I bring you in, and you actually tell me you've been blessed by this, and you don't come no more? Yes. That's really weird. But people do that. But people do that. Do so it. it's okay. It, and when I say it's okay, you shouldn't get bent out of shape when you see somebody do that. At that point, you do what you're supposed to do. Dust your feet off and pray for them. That's it. You know, because Don't beg them. Because I was sharing with you, there were some people that said that they don't believe in Jesus anymore. What do you do? That's their problem. Yeah. And then you the question the question you would ask them is, you could ask them, why don't you believe in Jesus anymore? And you're going to find out Jesus wasn't their genie, so that's why they don't believe. <laughs> yeah, Jesus didn't do something they wanted to do. They, the, 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 it it could have been for bad teaching, that they were taught, do these things, and Jesus will bless you. Or they may hurt. They have been hurt or something. Yeah, and Jesus will bless you. So I don't believe in Jesus anymore. Mm -hmm. I done went through a calamity. My mama died or, or something happened to me mm -hmm. medically, and I prayed to Jesus, and he didn't, he didn't, he didn't fix me. Mm -hmm. Okay? And again, the problem with that, that, that testimony is this. Sickness, he did not deliver us from. No, he didn't. No. He hasn't dealt with that yet. <laughs> Okay, people die every day from all kinds. And saints die from cancer and things and bullets and, and the evil of this world. He didn't fix that. But what he fixed was your eternal destination. And regardless of what, he, what happens to him, he said, be afraid of who can destroy the flesh and the soul, not the body. The body's dying every day just from natural aging. And so when God doesn't fix the physical, the natural, you're going you gonna to forfeit your spiritual, eternal soul for him not fixing the natural. You never did believe in that. Not the Jesus of the Bible. Right. You know, not the Jesus of the Bible. So when somebody says that, I just chalk it up. You, and, I, and I try to reason with them. I want to hear why you don't believe. And again, normally Jesus wasn't their genie. Didn't do what they want. They got hurt. Uh, some church didn't hurt them. And some pastor didn't Whatever. The problem is we all men with same like affections. And when somebody hurts you inside the body of Christ, you don't blame the church. You, you blame that person. That's what Matthew 18 is for. So you won't blame the whole church. You blame the people. You try to reason out with the people and you don't infect the church with your unforgiveness. Okay? Think about it. This man had, had been terrorizing them for years. He gets healed and they're more so concerned about the pigs. They never were concerned about him. As long as he didn't come their way, they were fine. <laughs> but 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 I'm sure there was times they, they asked God send somebody to help him he comes helps them and they don't understand it's demonic and they don't understand the relationship with Jesus and demons and the demons ask to go to the place that they're not assigned to avoid from going to the place they're going to be locked up forever and they went and the pigs ran off okay the, the pigs Realized what was going on with them, so they ran off and killed them, yeah. drowned themselves. Yeah, they drowned themselves. So, and a demon looks for places to stay. Mm -hmm. Okay, they they spirit, so they gotta find a, a place to stay. Now you ain't got to worry about if you saved, sanctified, full of the Holy Hallelujah. Ghost. 
-hmm. He's going to stay as far away from you as possible. <laughs> now, he may mess with you externally and, and mentally if you let him, but you got to be able to be mature enough to recognize when it's a demonic attack mm -hmm. and when it's the bigger picture. When it's a bigger picture. Mm -hmm. And I, I one day explained that to you. Me and Carolyn was talking about that before y'all came. You got to realize when there's a bigger picture that the devil's trying to get something to start or stop and you get into your feelings mm -hmm. and you can't see the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. All you see is what's happening now. Okay, go ahead. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, return to your home. And declare how much God has done for you. Mm -hmm. And he went away, proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. Now see, this man got delivered. He wants to go with Jesus, but Jesus gave him an assignment. What did he What did he say? What's the assignment? Go home, go home take care of your household, be a man. And, and then declare how much what? God has done how much God has done for who? Yeah, for, him. for him. What did God do for him? Took all of them demons away. Okay. He completely restored him and healed him. Okay. Completely restored him and healed him. He said, Tell them how much God has done for you. Okay. Now, God did that for him, and God didn't require any faith of him. God, there was no faith in him. What God did is move sovereignly. See, this is the thing I want you to understand. If God is sovereign, he moves like he wants to move. Mm -hmm. On whom he wants to move. He said in his word, I have mercy on whom I will have mercy. It rains on the just and unjust alike. He's a sovereign God. Yes. When, but when he moves, he has a purpose. And what God is trying to show you is even the demons have to be subjected to him. So you don't have to worry about no demons as saints of God. Because you have the word that lets you see the demonic. Okay? You don't have to run, but you don't sit there and you don't sit there and look to have no fight with them either. Okay, don't be conjuring them up. Yeah, don't be sitting there conjuring them up, thinking that you're gonna don't don't be watching too much channel twenty, you know, the travel channel. Yeah, don't be doing that because you're a person of God. Yeah, don't be doing all that. Don't look for no fight because they'll give you one. All right, all right, out of your ignorance and your stupidity. All right, go ahead. Now, when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. Mm -hmm. And there came a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue. Mm -hmm. And falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. Now, it's interesting. Where else did we see in chapter 8 that there was an only somebody? The woman with the son. The woman with the son. Jesus has compassion when he recognizes that you're down to your last. <laughs> you're down to your only. She was the that man that, that he rose from the dead was that that mother's only son. Mm -hmm. Now we have an only daughter. Okay. Jesus responds in compassion to those who are hurting the most. Mm -hmm. And when you're about to lose your only, then he shows up. It shows compassion. There's another story where hey, back in the Old Testament about somebody had an only and the only got violated. What story is that? Where it was that? And one of the prophets say, told a parable, told a story about 
a, a, a story to. Uh, oh, uh, a name. What's the, who, who was Bathsheba's husband? Bathsheba's husband's story. Remember the prophet came in and told David the story about the little little only, only lamb, lamb. lamb. Yes. and that he violated that lamb. And David said, well, that man, he got so mad, he said, that man needs to have his head cut off. And he said, he said, you are the man. Okay. God responds to that. He doesn't like that. Okay. He responds to that. All right, go ahead. As Jesus went, the people pressed around him. And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years. Mm -hmm. And though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. So now in the interruption between Jesus going to heal Jairus' daughter, he is, he, there is a woman that comes into the picture and we see that she has an issue of blood, which is a menstrual cycle that keeps on going. I know many ladies have experienced this thing, this illness, whereas these unregulated cycles, okay? And she has spent all her money for all the physicians. Thank God. And the way Luke is writing is he's writing this as a physician. He has experienced this. Not that he was her physician, but he's writing as a physician. This is what she had. She spent all her money trying to, to deal with this issue. Now, if you if you don't see the pattern, you see the pattern of his mom, then a, gen, a Jew, Gentile, Jew, Gentile. This woman is a Gentile. Well, you say, Pastor, how do you know she's a Gentile? Jewish women weren't allowed to come out when? When they were on their cycle. Nobody else had that. That was a, 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 a you look back in Leviticus, you see that. She was supposed to stay away until she was ceremonially clean. If you think about it, in the situation with David, she was up on the on the roof washing herself to be ceremonial clean. She couldn't be in public. You had to lock yourself away for that period of time you were on your cycle. Okay, so for her to come out, it shows that she was a Gentile. Okay, she was a Gentile, and she heard that Jesus was coming here, and she and she and she's up to her last. She has her last hope in Jesus, and what she has last hope in is what she's heard about. By now, the fame of Jesus has went around the countryside, okay, from, from Nazareth now to Beersheba to everywhere in the countryside, the Judean, uh, Galilean countryside. It went everywhere, and everybody's heard about this miracle man who does these miracles, who brings people back to life. They've heard about it, so she had to hear about it. So she figured, what? I'm going to take my chance with him and see what happens. Mm -hmm. She has nothing to lose. See, think about right. this. And that's how you should tell people about Jesus. Mm -hmm. You really have nothing to lose if you really come to him. No. But have everything to gain. Everything. Everything. You have everything to gain. You have eternal life to gain. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And in the midst between you and you closing your eyes, he's going to show up in some ways that you least expect. Okay? You're going to grow up and get to know him. The power that lies within you. You're going to understand your ability to be able to handle things. But again, they have nothing to lose. And see, when we present church as a place where they could lose, that's why people don't want to come. Because they're going to, what's, what's, the thing, what's one of the things people believe they're going to lose when they come to church? Money. There you go. Route top. <laughs> money. Well, that's what they preach. Yeah. They, they money. Money. They're going, to, they're going to lose money. But when we present church as, as, as the people who are on the outside... We don't want their money no way. We only want the money from the believers. So when they come to church, you know, try this, a novelty. 
Don't ask them to give nothing because you want their ear and their heart and their mind. And it's hard for people to get their ear, heart, and their mind when they're worried about their what? Their money. And actually, it doesn't belong to them anyway. Yeah. But, but again, money is the issue. Okay? So when you present Jesus, you know, trying to understand that they're... You see, when you understand their concerns, you can head them off with the answer. See, when you understand what they're going to reject, then you go ahead and stop it from the get-go before they even bring it up. I know what you're worried about. What? Money. money. And then they'll say, yeah, them churches be that. And then you can just say, walk with truth. We don't do that. And, and they'll be like, what? Then they find that difficult to believe. What else is going on? Right. And then you just tell them, well, this is the philosophy. This is my philosophy. Y'all repeating your own words. If you do good ministry and so the people you do good ministry, they'll sow into the ministry. That's it. That's as simple as I can get it. I don't. And you, and you can say like Jesus, come and see. Yeah, just come and see. Right. And see. You know, and if you want to see what we do, look on the internet. Come and see. No. You know, and if you need testimony of what we do, I got yes. emails of top of emails uh, internationally of what we mean to other people. You know, we don't require they to send us any money. You know, so it, that's how it works. Go ahead. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. Mm -hmm. And immediately her discharge of blood ceased. So he, she came up behind him. So she's coming stealthily, low and slow. And she touched, she touched him in his garment, and immediately her 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 disease, her her illness ceased. The blood ceased to flow. So she felt it in her body that that illness had stopped. So now we, we we're watching this power over the natural sicknesses of men, okay, and women, okay. So demonic nature and now the natural sicknesses of men he has a authority and power over okay mm -hmm. but again we see it's wielded as the holy spirit wants it to be done it's not done based upon what i want it's based upon what he wants because i'm sure that when we know the crowd was pressing him there's probably a whole bunch of sick people in that crowd mm -hmm. but that woman it god was waiting on that woman for a purpose okay yeah. to show how dedicated, and if you notice that we, as we go through the, the, through Luke and the, and the Gospels, it seems like these Gentiles understand Jesus more than the Jews do. Yeah, the Gentiles are the ones, they're hearing the word about Jesus and coming to a, the king that's not technically their king, but is the king of the whole world. Okay? He came unto his own, his own received him not, but for the, those who received him, he gave them the right to become what? The sons and daughters of God. All right, go ahead. And Jesus said, who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. Dunamis power. Power has gone out with him along with the authority to heal. He felt it. So when Jesus did healings, he felt it. He felt the power leaving him to go out. No wonder he had to rest that time. He was, he, you know, the human body can only take so much. And as a preacher, I guess that's, uh, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a small thing. But when I'm done preaching, I'm spent. I have to recoup myself. Okay? I have to recoup this thing. So Jesus feels the power going out. He tells Peter, and Peter begins to do what Peter does, run his mouth and say, Pot, look, 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 rebuke Jesus. 
he's God, stupid, but rebuke <laughs> Jesus and say, hey, there's so many people around you, man. How are we to know who touched you? You know, all he did was make a statement. Who touched? He made a question. Who touched me? He said, I perceive powers went out from me. I don't think he, he actually expected them to know. It, maybe he was just talking out loud, you know, to see what they would say. And instead of him saying something of a different type of nature, he begins to rebuke Jesus and say, look, there's so many people that's surrounding you. There's so many people pressing in on you. See, people touching him. Mm -hmm. yeah. People are touching him. But he chose her. The Holy Spirit chose her, okay, to heal. All right, go ahead. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him. So in other words, she gave her testimony. And she, she came low to the ground and worshiped at a worship level. And because imagine she's pressing and all of a sudden it opens up. And there she is on the, close to the ground. And she's there and everybody looking at her. And then she goes and tells her testimony. Why she came. Why did she come? She believed that he can heal her. She had faith. She believed that she tried everything in the natural that she can do. She did all she can do. She had to stand some more. Okay. And her standing was not doing nothing. Her standing was exercising her faith. See, we get this lazy thing of when we say... I'm just going to stand and stand some more. You're standing in the word and exercising your faith. You're standing and walking in faith at the same time. You're standing on the word of God to be true. You're standing in the power of the resurrection and you're walking forward in your faith. Okay? And that's what it did. Her faith motivated her in her condition to go seek out who she believed can solve it. We know by reading this story, she went to the right person. She went to the right person. And she didn't go to the wrong people. She went to what society? She went to the doctors. Just like we go to the doctors. But we know of a great physician. <laughs> we know of a great physician that can heal anybody. And we come boldly through. We, even, we don't even have to make an appointment. All we have to do is, is exercise our faith. And let him decide how he's going to get the glory out of healing us. Because I think that's what motivates God in a lot of things that we go through is how is he going to get the glory out of the condition or the situation that he delivers us from? He'll do it for us, but he wants the maximum effect. And guess who the effect is for? Everybody else around. Can you imagine when she told her story, he, you think they was pressing in on him then? Everybody probably was trying to touch him then. That's true. That's true. Okay, but he pressed on. Go ahead. And how she had been immediately healed. Mm -hmm. And how was she healed? Immediately. So when you see these faith healers and there's some rehabilitation in the person that's supposed to be healed, that ain't God. God heals immediately. He doesn't need a rehabilitation program. <laughs> if you can't walk, you don't have to, and he heals you, you're not going to have to get in that little thing and learn how to walk again. Because everybody that he got up out of a, a palsy or a paralyzation, they start leaping. Immediately. Okay, there is no gradual. Okay, go ahead. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. What he wanted to do is, 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 is actually comfort her and say, Don't worry. You have believed rightly. Your faith has made you well. God has shined his light on her that day. And he told her, Shalom, go in peace. 
all right? God wants people to go in peace. After your encounter with God, there should be a peace that comes about you. If you're still in turmoil, you not you didn't meet God. Okay, go ahead. While he was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house came and said, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. But Jesus, on hearing this, answering, answered him, Do not fear. Only believe, and she will be well. See, he, now he's operating. He's telling them one of the best ways to operate in God is in faith. He just told her in front of them, faith has healed her. He's telling, he's telling Jairus, even though that has happened, believe. Okay? Believe. You need to do something? I do. Oh. Unplug that pipe. Yeah. So, all right. Go ahead. And when he came to the house, he allowed no one to enter with him except Peter and John and James. And the father and mother of the child. So who do we have in the house? How many people we got in the house? Five. Six. Six. Peter, James, John, Jesus, mother and father. So, and the child itself. But we talking about who we in the house. So seven total. Six entered. He left everybody else outside. Okay. He chose them to see this miracle. All right. Go ahead. And all were weeping and mourning for her. But he said... Do not weep, for she is not dead, but sleeping. It's kind of interesting that Jesus, when he when he, when he described when they do they describe he describes death. He's he's so powerful. He just describes it as sleeping. No big deal for me. <laughs> it's a big deal for us to be dead, but for him, that's no big deal. She sleep, mm -hmm. you know, she sleep. But no, she, we're 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 wailing because she's dead. Uh, okay, but she's actually sleep. You'll see, because I have that power and authority. Go ahead. And they laughed at him. So they mocked him. Now think about this. How sick people are. <laughs> He's coming to heal them. And they mocked him. Now, think about the scene. There's six people in this room. Right? Yes. And they just watched this woman get healed. They just watched the wind, the nature, uh, succumb to him. They just watched the demon come out of a man. Several demons. And now they're confronted with this. And they had seen the, the lady's son raised from the what? Dead. Now they come to this situation and they begin to laugh. What is wrong with them? That was stupid. I just can't see that. I was like, and I understand if the parents laughed. Yeah, yeah. But you three, my main men, Peter, James, and John, who's going to write the word of God? You can't see it. You still, you still are in some kind of fog about where's your faith, where, what's really who you're with. Because you even asked a dumb question about who is this? That controls the wind and the sea. He's God, stupid. But okay, go ahead. Wow. Knowing that she was dead, but taking her by the hand, he called, saying, Child, arise. I want to stop right there. They knew in their, they, look, let's put this way. They leaned to what? Their they own understanding. understanding. Mm -hmm. And couldn't, and see, that's what blocked them. 
That's what blocks your mind and your relationship with God is your own understanding. You can't see past your nose of what's going on in your life and you can't see the bigger picture. Now, even after I've seen all those miracles, their understanding was she's dead and ha 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 ha. Okay. I don't think the parents were laughing. I hope not. But Peter, James, and John had no business laughing either. Okay? This is a tragic thing. And Jesus like, she sleep. I'm getting ready to do what you've seen me do before. No, it's not. This time it ain't going to work. Don't doubt God. Don't lean into your own understanding. Don't take God out of the equation by your unbelief. Because remember, he said there was miracles he could not do in, in Nazareth because they what? Because of unbelief. Unbelief will disconnect you from God. Especially when we do everything by faith. All right, go ahead. And her spirit returned, and she got up at once. And he directed that something should be given her to eat. And her parents were amazed, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. Now, to me, to me, Jesus got a sense of humor. He always telling people don't tell, but you know they're going to tell. Oh, there's a whole bunch of people out here just believe she was dead. The fact when she walks out, don't tell it all. But you tell them not to say anything. Knowing men going to tell them. It's almost as if he wants to see if you're going to go ahead and tell somebody. Not in a negative way, but just see if you're you going to look past. You're going to tell it. And I don't think he's going to be upset that you tell it. It's just that he it's kind of a, to me, it's like a joke. Like, yeah, don't tell anybody that I just raised your daughter from the dead. Mm -hmm. no. That means how that going to work when she going to walk out this door with us. <laughs> you know, they're going to see the, the proof of your power and your authority over sickness and illness and death. So we got nature, we got demons, we got sickness and we got death, authority and power. Because this is important that we get this because chapter 9 begins a whole different way, a whole different relationship with his apostles, his disciples. Okay, go ahead. That's why I'm running through this. Read. Go ahead. Chapter 9. Chapter 9. Start off. We don't be done with that. Go ahead. And he called the 12 together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. Stop. You see how it led up to that? Yeah. He was giving them an education on the extent of his power. And they didn't know. Even in their ignorance. That he was about to give that same power. To them. But he took them to school. But as far as I'm concerned. They F true. Yeah. <laughs> that last one was it. You laughed. But see. When you're dealing with God and his purpose. It doesn't take away from what he's going to do with them because he understands the frailty of unbelief. He understands of leaning to your own understanding. He understands the ignorance of man. So when you look at these disciples, that's why one of the greatest books you could ever read is John MacArthur's book, 12 Ordinary Men. They just, these are just ordinary fishermen. They're not Paul. They're just ordinary fishermen. Okay? That Jesus chose. And that's what didn't happen here. And he's preparing them to do the same. Education, you train, you show, and then you assign those who are under you to go out and do the same thing. That way is the way we should teach. I train to and I show as example. And then what happened Sunday was the youngsters took it over and did exactly what I would do their way. I gave them what? Power, 
and authority. Okay? See, that's important. And it's, and, and it's not... And don't look at it like me, like some kind of potentate. Right. But I, 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 I am the under shepherd or whatever you want. Have you want to put the pastor here? So what I do is I train to hand over. I don't train for you to 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 to, to, to for me to lord over you. I train so that we, I can see what you can do. Okay, that's what we do. All right. Let's pray. Oh, Grace, Holy Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the people. Continue to bless us and keep us. And Lord, let us see what the Spirit of the Lord is trying to show us. In chapter 9, in comparison to what Jesus has done up to this point, oh, Father God, we know that he had power over the nature. We know we had power over demons. He has power over sickness and death, oh, Father God. We thank you for these narratives that gives us an opportunity to examine ourselves, to make sure that we're not laughing in the midst of God. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for tuning in to the Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast on the WITRN network. Come join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time for Sunday worship. Bible study is held on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We are located at 3006 North Lindbergh Boulevard Suite 711, St. Louis, Missouri, 63074. All are welcome and we look forward to seeing you soon. Hello everyone, this is Tanika Drake and I am going to share a book with you that I've written called The Gift of Finding God's Love, Guilt and Shame Turned into My Shine. Please check that book out either on Barnes & Noble or you can find it at Amazon or any place where you can get that book. Remember, it is not okay for anyone to hurt or harm you. Please check that book out and happy reading, everyone. Hey, everyone. This is T. Drake, your podcasting godmother of connection. Now, have you ever wanted to start your very own podcast, but you're just unsure what to do? Well, guess what? I've been there. So I'm going to help you out. I am going to help you with your social media, your messaging, and so much more. You will even get access to some of my podcasting friends. So guess what? There's a lot that you're going to get. So I hope that you'll join me in this amazing opportunity. Now, all of that sounds great that I just talked to you about. Now, I bet you're wondering, the whiff up. What's in it for me, T. Drake? Tell me what this is going to run me. And you can best assure that I'm going to make it affordable for everyone to participate. And I'm so glad it's going to be spectacular, stupendous, amazing. Oh my gosh, you can hardly believe it. So this is what it is. Now I'm going to be offering something amazing for sessions that I normally offer for a thousand dollar value. But for a limited time, I am offering a special offer for my first 100 students, not for 500, not for 450, not for 350, not even for 250, but for $200. You got it. T. Drake, your podcast godmother of connection, is offering this to truly help those that have been on the fence. 
Now is the time to pull the trigger and use your roar. Let's go. Arr.